0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Kesey, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. We're going to talk with former union head football coach John Poppy, uh, who was named the uh, new head coach at Columbia last Saturday? Uh, he had the formal press conference on Thursday. We'll talk to him about the move from Union to Columbia. And he's very familiar with Columbia, having worked there with uh, former Union head coach and Columbia head coach Al Bagnoli. And then we'll talk with Josh Seguin of College Hockey News. We'll go around ECAC hockey. I haven't had Josh on since uh, last season. Well, we had a nice conversation. We'll talk about some of the epidemics league- going on in the league. and. Uh, who's going to basically catch Quinnipiac? And my thing is, my my theory is nobody's going to touch Quinnipiac at this point. So we'll talk about that and much more around ECAC hockey. And we'll talk uh, ECAC women's hockey as I preview the Union RPI women's hockey series uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Friday's game is at Houston Fieldhouse, and then uh, Saturday's game is at uh, Messer Inc. Uh, Head coach Josh Skiba and players Sophie Matsoukas and Riley Walsh will join me. So coming up, let's talk uh, Union football with uh, John Poppy, and actually Columbia football, too. So we're going to talk to him about the move from Union to Columbia. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Santa Men's basketball coach Carmen Massarello. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division school sports have it down to a science looking for an example of what
1: can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us look no further than high school sports in new york this message presented by the new york state public high
0: school athletic association and the new york state athletic administrators association want to get all the latest news from the daily gazette on your phone or tablet we have an app for that The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google App Stores. Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Ted Remsnyder. I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous and healthy 2024. Welcome back to the podcast. After guiding the Union College football team to a ten and two record this season and an appearance in the NCAA Division three football playoffs, got to the second round. Uh, my next guest is heading to Columbia to uh, take over that program down in uh, New York City, and joining me now is the head coach of the Columbia College or Columbia University football team, John Poppy. John, uh, welcome back to the podcast. I know I talked to you after the, uh, before the second round and hope, this is hopefully get you back on uh, to talk more union playoff, but did not expect to be talking about the job change. So congratulations Want to Tell me about it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, it was a whirlwind. And in, um, in, in terms of the process and the timing, you know, it was right after the, the John Hopkins game, they reached out because they had announced that they were you know, going to conduct a national search and um now, my ties there, right? I had moved there for three years when the athletic director was hired with Coach Bagnoli and um, my family history there, my dad and brother being a, you know, members of the football team for a brief point of time until injuries took them away and just always had a great connection to that university. It's just you know a truly special place to me and my family.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, Al Bagnoli, who was the coach at Union for many years, he went down to Columbia to take over the program. He had two stints there as the head coach. What was it like uh, working under Al?
2: <laughs> learned learned a lot, you know, in every single, in every facet, right? Whether off the field, on the field, operations, fundraising, and and really, it was that experience where we got there as a new staff and, and it took program apart and really built it from the ground up, you know, brick by brick. So to speak, that uh, it fueled the fire to to become a head coach, and uh, I credit Coach Backdon. Um, just fortunate that I had that opportunity to work with him in, in those early stages at Columbia in the, in the rebuild.
0: Now, during the interview process, did you ha- talk to Al about uh, the job?
2: Very briefly. Um, very briefly, we had one kind of phone call because that's the, the timeline of the process was pretty quick. And it really just took one phone call with Coach Bagnoli just to see if things had changed, what had changed since I was there. And, um, you know, Coach Bagnoli was great in providing certain information, and uh, he remains uh, on staff there in a fundraising role. So I look forward to spending a little more time with Coach Bagnoli
0: in, in the years to come. How important is this to be able to maybe lean on him for some advice while you're down there? It,
2: it, it, it's incredible to be able to have that opportunity to learn from a Hall of Famer, right, and especially someone that's hasn't stepped away from the game that long. He's only been gone, you know, less than a year, so to speak, or a year in terms of, you know, being the head coach on the field. So he's still got a wealth of knowledge. I, I, I definitely want to soak in like a sponge. I'm um, just really looking forward to, to those times when, when I need help and, and he could be there as a, um, a crush to lean on, so to speak.
0: What's going to be the key to get Columbia to be uh, a, a force in Ivy league football. They really haven't been the last few years.
2: It's just going to take work, right. And recruiting the right people for, for this specific institution in this college and, and just like we set out to do at Union, even though our short time is brief, it just, it's still a culture, right, that's um, about competing a certain way and bringing a day-to-day process that should lead to, to victory if we're doing things the right way and we put our, our people in the right positions to make plays. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Now, when you arrived at Union, what was your goal? Did you ever think that, you yeah. Know, I mean, obviously he probably has aspirations, maybe moving up down the road, but did, did that happen this quickly? I mean, how, I mean, how stunning was it? <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> stunning. Uh, I mean, this is, it, it's dreamlike, right? It's a fairy
2: tale. Uh, when does this really ever uh, happen this way? And, you know, I've talked to a couple people in this profession and um, they've been nothing but supportive and it, it's, It's it's a dream come true for me and my family, and and this and stuff. This is stuff you you see in movies. So there really is no words to describe it in in terms of, you know, my tenure there, and then all of a sudden, ten months later, here I am. Um, you know, I did not see myself leaving Union in the short term. I was really excited there and happy there, and my family being welcomed the way they were. It, It was it's a great place, phenomenal place, and it's always going to be something we look back on and cherish.
0: Yeah. And now you're close to home because you grew up in Jersey, right? So I mean, I mean, to be close to home, how's that going to feel?
2: (laughs) It feels (laughs) great. I mean, again, our entire families are, are, you know, 25 minutes away, you know, barring New York city traffic. So it's just great to be that close and um, allow, you know, my daughter grow up with her cousins a little more closely and and see the grandparents a lot more easily. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's so many things that play here, from not just a personal game, but um, you know, a professional game, a
0: yeah. personal game. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, as I said at the top here, you went ten and two uh, with Union. You got them to the second round of the NCAA Division Three and I shouldn't mention it, which I didn't mention, but I should mention that uh, you guys won the uh, Dutchman Shoes from RPI. Got brought that back to Union. I mean, in the short time you you were here, uh, how proud of you! of what you accomplished. And I mean, it seems like it got the program back on track. It's because and, and I've t- talked to you this before. and i talked to the players about this. Your enthusiasm was just incredible uh, over there. Just uh, you, you were excited. The players were excited to play for you. I think they would have gone through a brick wall for you. So I mean, what, what was, what are you most proud of uh, at your time at union?
2: I'm just proud of the people that I was able to inherit. Right. I mean, it's a testament to to the young people there. And, um, you know, everyone in the administration that was so supportive of, of this group of individuals and they allowed, you know, me to structure things certain ways and um, cater to our young people. And it's really a testament to the collective, not any individual specific. And we had enough talent, right, to do something special. You know, yeah, we, we didn't have an NFL running back in IK Airborne. We didn't have the freshman of the conference. That was um, Nick dunneman who was all conference in the Patriot League. And – you know, we didn't have Andre Ross, All American. We didn't have left tackle, so we didn't have Stan Coss, the captain, didn't play it down for us. So to see these guys overcome so much and so much graduation loss, right? Like, it's a truly special group that, that will remain hopefully close to me in, in the future years. I always told them I'm a phone call away, and if there's anything I could do to help these guys, I will. And I'm really just most proud of just how this team came together and how people rallied around us and allowed us a chance to have such a successful
0: season. talk about the season. I mean, you guys were rolling up points there. I mean, mean, what did you see in this program that made you uh, get this program going in a uh, better direction? Uh,
2: Again, the fifth-year seniors coming back was a huge part of that. Uh, Senior leadership, a huge part of that. And any time you have a quarterback that's capable like Don Piketty was, then you have a shot to be good. And can we keep him upright? Can we put the – other pieces around him in the right place at the right time. So there was just tremendous effort in all parties. And, you know, the most important position in sports sport is quarterback in football. And, and we had a really good one. And, and, you know, he played very, very well for us. And I think he got robbed for all conference and, and all that good stuff because the two guys that got first team were injured throughout part of the year. I think it's um, criminal and how that voting process played out. Now that I can say that I'm not there anymore. Um, you know, it, let, it it's,
0: out. let it out. Yeah. I
2: mean, Donnie did not have the weapons that he had a year ago. And yet here we are 10 and two in the playoffs, nine and one, and we're in the playoffs. And you know, those other quarterbacks, no offense, had some weapons that they were comfortable with. And, and Donnie had a whole new cast of characters and we still did what we did. I mean, it's, it's, um it's amazing to me that some coaches put, um, selfish interest instead of what's right and, and what really happened on the field.
0: How do you see this program down the road? And I mean, obviously you're going to be worried about your uh, you know, recruiting players at Columbia. I mean, is the future bright for this uh, Garnet Chargers team?
2: Always. Uh, I mean, union football has been good for <laughs> forever, right? I mean, since coach Bagnoli turned it into what he did, I mean, they've always found ways to compete. Coach Behrman, you know, brought them back after, you know, coach Joe towards the end, had a couple of rough, a rough couple of years. This, they're going to hire a great head coach. I have no doubts about that. I have complete faith in you know athletic director Jim McLaughlin, and, and President Harris, and um, and just that place called Union College. Uh, it just attracts great people, and and I have no doubt they will remain uh, competitive at the Division three level on a national scale.
0: If there's one thing I'd, I wish I had a chance to talk to you more about this uh, as a for story in our uh, our, our paper. After you took over the football uh, the, uh, as a head coach, we we noticed the football team. I mean, I, as I cover the men's hockey team, they were showing up at games. They were enthusiastic, having a good time. I think they got thrown out of one of the games by the referees. But uh, and I, I know that the hockey team reciprocated uh, that. I know the Friday night game that, uh, that you guys had against Springfield. I mean, to be able to you know support other teams, other pro, uh, you know, sports programs at the Union. I mean, well, how important was that to you?
2: Incredibly important it was from the get go. That was something that I stressed in terms of not just building, you know, a team bond with with our own guys, right? And that the sense that they're sharing in moments together, in, in terms of being supportive and uh, being positive. And now you're creating a community as well, and, and that community support there has, I, I think, caught fire in terms of the student athletes and students in general, uh, just based on hundred football players, 75 football players showing up to different events on campus, not just athletic events. And I hope that continues. I hope that investment in each other at that institution continues to, to take those strides and, and make those strides because it's um, it's, it's makes that experience that much more special. And it's something that I had at Williams. And that's why it was so important to me.
0: I know you're only here a short time, but what's the one thing you'll miss most about union? Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I think just the community feel, uh, you know, like going to a bigger school, and bigger university, sometimes you don't always have that. Um, I'm grateful that I feel like I'm getting that at Columbia because again, my strong ties, um, and I've already just heard from so many different sport coaches and, and different alumni groups and different administrators that are still there when I was first there. So, uh, I'm grateful that I, I get to Go to another community where it's a tight knit group and, and people care about each other. But that's that's definitely something unique and special in my mind to Union. That's that's going to be missed. Yeah, by me and my family.
0: Well, uh, hopefully you get Columbia on track because I know the football community down there in uh, the New York New Jersey area hasn't had seen good football in years down there <laughs> with the Jets and Giants playing the way they are this season.
2: <laughs> well, we're, we're going to do everything we can to. to to do right by our, our school and, and program. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, we'll see if it works and see if, uh, you know, we could do something special.
0: Well, John, appreciate the time we've had, uh, you know, you've been on the podcast a few times here you and know, back when you were first introduced and then, uh, you know, during the season and into the playoffs, I appreciate the time you've had and, uh, good luck down there in Columbia.
2: Ken much appreciated be well
0: you too thanks that's John Poppy coming up we'll talk ECAC men's hockey with uh, Josh Segan of College Hockey News stay tuned
1: hi this is Daily Gazette reporter Tyler A. McNeil you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott If you really wanna know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side, we're right down the middle and we're gonna to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are,
0: it's what we do.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Chad Arnold. I would like to wish you a happy holiday season and a great 2024.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, and it's uh, been a while since we had our next guest on. He covers the uh, ECAC for uh, College Hockey News. It's Josh Seguin. Josh, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, how are things with you? It's been a while since we chatted.
1: Yeah, no, no, things are good. Um been a busy year, and, you know, um, Running hotels, it's always a blast. So it's always busy in the in the off season, and you know, and now definitely busy. You know, good to see some snow on the ground this morning, and uh, feels like hockey.
0: Do you feel like Bob Newhart and uh, have Daryl? Was my, my brother Daryl? My other brother Daryl? <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk. We're not talking about hotels. Let's talk about hockey. And uh, I wrote in my Monday wrap-up column uh, that we've debuted this year because we uh, we have um, you know, earlier deadlines and sometimes the uh, games don't get in on in the uh, paper, but we get them online at dailygazette dot com. I declared that uh, it's just give Quinnipiac the Cleary Cup right now. They're up nine points in Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson has two games in hand. That won't matter. Yeah, I, I I wasn't at the game Saturday because I had some other duties here, but uh, watching Quinnipiac, the precision. I mean, they they had a slow start against Union. Uh, got going midway through that first period, and then, like, lightning strike early in second, game was over.
1: Yeah, no, I, absolutely, and they had a slow start to their season, kind of a microcosm yeah. of their yeah. season to some degree. Um, you know, struggled out with a couple losses, you know, early against Maine, New Hampshire, who Union plays this week. And then, um, yeah, Boston College. And, you know, other than that, they haven't really been tested in the ECAC. I mean, I guess maybe the, one of those results early was a shootout loss to Dartmouth, which probably nobody, you know, saw coming. But I think the next question is, because I was thinking this to myself over the weekend, they're at 7-0-1 in the ECAC. Last year, they had just two losses. Uh, are they going to finish with one or zero losses or, you know, or are they going to, you know, drop a few games as the season starts to progress is, you know, that, you know, teams usually get a lot better. So it, it will be interesting. I agree with you. I think, you know, the regular season Quinnipiac is back and, you know, there, it doesn't look like at the moment, you know, many will be able to touch them in the ECAC. Um, you know, they've pretty well easily, I mean, easily dispatch Cornell eight to four, even mm-hmm. though Cornell had some good, good points in that game a couple weeks ago and, you know, six, nothing at Harvard a few weeks ago. And, you know, Harvard's having a down year too. I'm sure we'll get to that later, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, it's just clockwork with them. just clockwork. Um, and, you know, tell me who on the schedule, you know, might beat them later in the year, I suppose.
0: I maybe the only one I can think of is, you know, if Quinnipiac goes to Cornell. That's the only mm-hmm. way I can see that happening. Because you know, some you know, they don't like each other. I mean, we know there's been fr- friction between Rampack and the Quinnipiac coach and uh, Cornell head coach Mike Shaver. But yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, like you said, you know, Cornell this weekend you know, split with Colgate and was they lost at home and won at, at Colgate. It just I, I I I see these teams and I think it's it's a down year. I mean, it, I don't think we've seen a down year like this in the uh, ECA hockey in a long time. No, I I I tend to agree with
1: you there. I mean, you look at Cornell. You know, they were great in a win against Boston BU a few weeks ago, Boston University. And but largely other than that, they've kind of just trotted along through their schedule. They've lost four out of the last six games in regulation. Um, and you know, they've kind of struggled to get going. But I would I would, you know, caution you know, throw some caution to the wind here. It, you know, they are one of the youngest teams in the country. Um, they only have one senior on their team. Uh, two seniors, sorry. Um, messed that up in an article <laughs> a few weeks ago. Yeah, they have two seniors on their roster, you know, one of which is, you know, Gabriel Seeger, Yeah. Former, former Union, Union player. Yeah. And, you know, like, he's it. He's really it. So, you know, they're a team that might, you know, at the end of the year, you know, that might be there. Um, just because... And, and you look at actually... You know the Ivy League as a whole. I, I mean, I don't know if we've ever had this. Where I looked the other day, all the Ivies in the ball are in the amongst the 15 youngest teams in the country. Yeah, I, I mean that. I don't. I don't know if that. I mean, obviously Harvard has always had that. Maybe a little bit on the Cornell side with their talent too. But you know, teams like Brown, they're all down there. Um, so it's just kind of a weird dynamic there. There while you know, the Quinnipiacs and the Clarksons and the North Dakotas and all these other teams are able to add these, you know, t- transfers. Um, they're not able to participate in that. Yeah. So they kind of get left with the traditional means of, of, you know, recruiting and developing players. And I, I, I don't know what's going to come of it. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll obviously see the the next year or two years down the road when we don't have the fifth years transferring, but yeah. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. I I wouldn't say Cornell will be there at the end of the year. I mean, they've showed flashes, like mm-hmm. I said, against BU, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure.
0: I mean, union's got the scholarships, uh, coming right now. I mean, they just had, just had five, uh, players uh, sign their national letters of intent, the first time in the program's history with, with that. And, uh, I mean that's another dynamic. I think it's going to change the game for ECC hockey. And maybe leave the Ivies behind because you have, like Union was never able to give out you know athletic scholarships. It's, you know, it's still you think about how they won the NCAA title in 2014, how they built that uh, up to that point with uh, just getting great players somehow and getting them in uh, without the athletic scholarships, and now that uh, they'll have them, and maybe they'll get back to where they were uh, last decade
1: you mean you would think that i mean yeah the harvard and cornell they're always going to be good i mean even brown had a very good recruiting class this year doesn't really show much but they had a very good recruiting class so it it will be interesting to see maybe the scholarships will make a difference um but i'm not i'm not completely convinced it it will make it will move the needle that much um i mean like i said you're always going to have you know quinnipiac clarks and you know, Harvard, Cornell are always going to be good in the league. And then everybody else will kind of be, will kind of get the rest.
0: One team, we mentioned Harvard, um, off to a very, very slow start. One, three and three for seven points in uh, conference play. One, five and three overall. D- does the fact that maybe a lot of those players leading early finally catch up with them?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I predicted them to be seventh this year. I, I kind of saw where the coaches placed them and, you know, a couple other media members. And I'm like, mm, let's take a step back here. I mean, they lost, I think it was like 76% of their scoring and 70% or more of their scoring from last year. And when it wasn't Coronado and it wasn't Farrell and it wasn't Laferriere, those guys, they really struggled last year. Yeah, to scored goals. Um, and obviously that's been, the, that's been the case this year. Yeah, um, but of course, and, yeah, but, but just uh, I think how many? I, I think they got shut out all both games this week. Yeah, right? they, they they got they scored one goal yeah. in their last three games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it was uh, two years ago the last time they had been shut out in back to back games. But you're not mentioning the biggest loss for Harvard hockey, Jeffrey Weinstein. It's information. Yeah, right? I, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> former Union. You know, yeah. I, I maybe Jeff. that's it. I Look at game, I hope man. he listens. <laughs> I don't Coinc- that coincidence, wrestling. coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what uh, do, I mean, I mean, the, getting back to Quinny their Achilles heel, though, is when it comes to going to Lake Placid, they always seem to struggle up there. Like they won one ECAC tournament title, they you know, they didn't win last year, of course, that didn't matter because uh, they got to they won the national championship. I remember, call. Back in 2013, they ended up playing Yale in the consolation game down in Atlantic City. That ended up turning out to be the national championship game a few weeks later. But uh, what? What's? I mean, I think the only team that can beat Quinnipiac is Quinnipiac.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that statement. Yeah, I mean, but they proved to get you know time and time again. They proved last year. You know, they went on to win the national title. I mean, is it really? I love the ECAC, but. You know, how much is that a driving force for some of these top teams every year What um, to win their conference? journey? obviously, it's a it's a it's a big start. But, um, you know, like I don't know what it is about Lake Placid. I just think, you know, every year there's a team that kind of pops up and, you know, kind of, you know, jumps in there. Mm-hmm. Like last year it was Colgate, you know, a few years ago. It was. Princeton, you know, you know, what was that, 2017 now? I'm losing track of years. I think, it was, I
0: think it was 18, 2018. 18. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it always seems like one of these surprise teams. And even before that, Harvard, you know, that year, they, Harvard wasn't great and they won it and then they went on a little run there. I, I mean, and, and it's, you, they can't blame the ice anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the, you know, it's a regular standard sheet now. So you know, I, I would be, I mean, I hate to say mid-season, I could see that dropping this year, but. You know, we'll, we'll see when it comes to the end of the year. I I don't, I really don't know what's up with that. I don't know if it's a mental block or, or what it might be. Um, They still have, you know, the best teams you have, you know, Colin Graff, who's, you know, been on fire ever since he came back Mm -hmm. uh, from injury. He missed the first five games and that's kind of coincided to when they struggled early in the year was when he was missing for a few games. So, you know, they can score, they can play defense. I mean, if anything, maybe their defending and goaltending isn't as good as last year. It was never gonna, in the year before. It was never going to be there. But, you know, they can score the goals. They can they can do the little things to win games. And they're really good at special teams. And yeah, um, yeah, they're they're really good. And, you know, everyone in ECAC right now is playing catch up.
0: I think the biggest team in the conference so far has been Dartmouth. Two, mm-hmm. one, and four they've won a shootout or they won an overtime game. they've been involved in four shootouts going one and three, but they seem to be in every game and I mean they're not taking nights off and I just you, you think about um what what they can do there i mean I, can this team maybe sneak into the top four
1: yeah, absolutely i I mean, based on what I've seen this year, absolutely. Um, they, they keep it close every night. They get into overtime. They may not win the, a lot of these games. They've been in overtime, you know, seven, five times already this year out of seven games in the in the ECAC. Um, you know, they they got to learn how to obviously win some of those games in overtime and you know pick up that extra point. But you know they're there. Um, I, I think Reed Cashman is you know proving his worth this year. I I, I think you know the questions could have been asked last year. Right. Um, but, you know, I think this year they're really, you know, they've really made a, made a step. They have a good goalie, um, you know, which is, I think, if you look around the league, I think there's a few um, stra- strugglers within that position. Mm-hmm. So it certainly helps to have, you know, have a very good one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they could definitely, I mean, who, who state, do state to claim yet on anything about beside you know, b- beside Quinnipiac, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought you know, you look at you look at Saint Lawrence, right? I thought they would be very good. I thought you know, they returned everybody. They have probably the best defensive unit in, I think, the league. And you know, they're they're only five and nine, and they're they're tied for seventh in the ECAC. And you know, they've only picked up. They it took two wins over the weekend to get them back up to seven. Yeah. So, it yeah, it's it's certainly interesting because you know I. Like I said, I feel like I made a mistake with that Saint Lawrence team, but I guess maybe at this point we need to we need to see um, we need to wait and see what what happens. I mean, I talked to Princeton. It looks like they were going to have a little bit you know of a of a strong start too, and you know they've kind of dropped off. But you know you look at Clarkson. They only have six. They've only played six games and they're in the second place, and they're ahead of Colgate and Cornell, who have each played eight. So you know, kudos to Casey Jones and what he's doing up there. Right? I mean, maybe we're not talking about them enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, Princeton, you bring up Princeton. I mean, they're four, three, and one with uh, eleven points, and they've been involved in three or three games of they've won three games in overtime. They won a shootout, of course, a memorable overtime game with four seconds left against Cornell, which uh, really ruined Cornell's weekend that weekend. That was <laughs> the weekend they also lost to Quinnipiac, but that's another team. It, you know, Ron Frogerty he's got them grinding, and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they did lose seven-two to Union. All that score was kind of a a little inflated there cuz the union got some late goals uh you know final couple of minutes but uh, i mean they came back and you know, outgunned know at RPI 6-4 on Saturday so uh, i mean you can't uh, you know you can't uh, sleep on Princeton no i mean
1: they, they can score they have some players they have players like Brendan Gorman Ian Murphy you know you know they have some pretty good players up front um i think the questions with that program and you know it's is always going to be goaltending right i mean Ethan Pearson, I, he was talked up during during the, the summer, you know, the, the early season, off-season. And then now we've had two fr- freshmen come in there. You have Arthur Smith, who's, you know, six games played, under a 3GAA, th- you know, 0. .900 save percentage. Not great, but he's come in there. He's a freshman. He's doing fantastic for them. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he's kind of the answer there. And, you know, they, I just think it's going to be up and down. I, how many overtime games that they played they them in Dartmouth I feel like every single game they play in the ECAC has been in overtime yeah I mean, so like, I, I mean maybe that's another topic for this year is it is what what's the reason for all the overtime games um because there's there's a lot is it just that teams can't score the big goal or is it because you know teams can't score that goal so, <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: so I guess it could go both ways um
0: yeah, but one of the other teams that I, I wonder what's going to happen is RPI. They just, you know, they've got off to a bad start. They're losing twice in Maine, and uh, they split the season series, with the regular season series, the conference series with Union. You know, they had an 8-6 win for the first win of the year, then they lose the next night 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I have a new athletic director. I mean, does Dave Smith have to worry about his job?
1: I don't I, I don't know. I don't know the story back there. You'd be more of somebody you'd have more i mean of an I idea, haven't heard, I but,
0: haven't yeah, I haven't heard anything, but you just yeah. you wonder is yeah. and I'm just you know throwing darts at a dartboard here, because, uh, like I said, you have a new athletic director from Boston College. Um does she what is she gonna examine everything that's going on with the progress? I mean I mean you know, unfortunately, you know, you know the RPI lost out on a chance of going to Lake Placid, you know, when the pandemic yeah. hit. And they just and then they sat out the next season. They really haven't recovered, and it's you wonder what's what's going to take to get RPI back on track. I mean, they're not really drawing well either. I mean, they have had less crowds, and crowds of less than two thousand. I mean, the Union game wasn't sold out. So, I mean, I I, I like Dave Smith personally, but you got to wonder. I mean, you got to throw it out there to see what's what's going on.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, you got to ask again, a lot of the coaches in ECAC, you get asked the same question. What are the, what are the standards that they're being held to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it to be mid pack? Is it to be, you know, have a bad year every now and then you never really know. Um, I, I lo- Dave Smith. I thought they were, they, they had the plot, you know, in that 2020 year, they, if you ask me, they probably, it would have been them in Cornell in the, in the conference championship game, he'd probably have a conference championship right now mm-hmm. playing the way that RPI team was. But they were you know, hot, now, yeah. now, now it's just, you know, they're struggling just to get going. I mean, you know, you have struggle at both ends. They don't possess the puck. I think the first weekend they got oh, shot by Maine like 90 to 20 or yeah. something mm-hmm. over the weekend. And, you know, they, they, have, you know, they have talent. They have the, you know, you have Sutter Mazzotti up there. But behind there, you know, maybe there's not. I mean, there are another program that brought in a few of the of the grad transfers and, you know, a couple transfer players. But maybe that's kind of part of the plot. Maybe that isn't working a little bit.
0: And goal so, tending, yeah, goaltending is not helping either. I mean, yeah. Jack Watson, unfortunately, got hurt in the first yeah. uh, union, union game, hasn't seen any uh, action since.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that, and, you know, that's the, like I said, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that in the ACAC happening here. I've I've talked about St. Lawrence a little bit and their struggles. I mean, a lot of that might be because of, you know, they, they lost the meals last year to the, to graduation. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't have much coming back. They had, you know, they got to transfer a few freshmen and there's a lot of that in the ECC Brown. Another one, they, you know, they, they're relying on young players, freshmen and transfers. So it's it, it's just tough. Um, it's just tough right now because right now the ECAC is competing against a lot with the transfer portal and everything like that. And then a lot of its programs is because of their academic standards. I mean, there's a few programs in the league that don't really have a graduate program. You, have, you know, Colgate doesn't really have a graduate program. St. Lawrence doesn't really have a graduate program. Yeah, and Union does doesn't. Know, Union doesn't really have a graduate program, so they can't really participate in that market that Quinnipiac and Clarkson do. And, you know, it's it's a tough environment right now. Um, And, you know, I think it's kind of showing. I mean, it's it's just tough right now. It's, It's tough. I mean, there's a few teams that are struggling to score. And, you know, I actually I mean, we were talking a little bit off the before the phone call, like, you know i actually thought it was going to be a very good year cuz you know you had a lot of players coming back uh, especially on the Ivy league school uh, teams and a lot of players coming back on some of those what i thought the bottom half of the schedule of, of the of the league but you know that really hasn't panned out um whether that is a matter of fact we're you know we still we're still in the covid period here and you know we need to get back to the regular development schedules or you know there're there's a more underlying concern uh, going in, uh, into the future.
0: Who do you think is going to finish two, three, and four in the standings?
1: I mean, I think right now you have to look at you have to look at Clarkson because they're there. Mm-hmm. They've they've come they've come around. They had a little bit of a rough start. Um, you got to look at Cornell. I mean, I think Cornell will be there. Like I said, they're very young. Uh, they only have one senior. I think at the end of the year they'll be there, and then I think. I'm still going to stick with St. Lawrence there. I still think they should be there, you know, Colgate maybe. And, you know, I think around Colgate and I think that four spot, St. Lawrence Colgate, you know, maybe Princeton and Dartmouth stay up there. I, I don't know. I, I I think Harvard struggle. I think they have a very monster recruiting class coming next year. Harvard does one of the top ranked in the country. And, you know, this is probably a momentary pause for them. Um, so I wouldn't expect this to be a long-term thing. I, I mean, you can think about it—what about a decade ago? Now I've been around that long. Harvard <laughs> was 12th in ECAC one of those years, and then and then they they slowly started picking it back up with the recruiting. So I think you know you look at that—that that might exact. I'm not saying they're going to finish 12th this year. Yeah. No, they're not going to finish no. 12th this year, but but they may be down in that bottom five, four, and you know we may look at that. And no, like, oh, that was just a momentary pause. So they'll be there. And then, like I said, down below, well, I think it's just going to be a dogfight. I think there's going to be a lot I think a lot of overtime games, and, which we've already seen, and we can talk how beneficial or uh, how much we all hate that um, another time, because that could take up a whole show.
0: <laughs> finally, how much do you hate, or I shouldn't say, I shouldn't put lead legion in this, but how much do you think maybe the ECAC finally comes to its senses and go back to the best of three format in the first round?
1: I don't even know if I want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm a dummy down.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, I mean, there, I can understand why it was done. Now, from a strictly business decision, a lot of these games are being played under empty buildings, other than maybe Quinnipiac and, and Yale when they when they host. So, I can understand why they do it, especially from a business perspective, but You know, it was more of an equalization with the women's game um, and the one game series there. So, I mean, it's exciting. I I mean, for lack of a better. I mean, there's going to I don't think it actually didn't work out last year, but probably going to be more upsets, Right. Yeah. You would think, especially in a league like like this, where five to 12 is wide open. Um, You know, maybe there's a couple teams that probably will comfortably finish down there. But I won't mention any names yet. But, you know, we'll. Yeah, well, well, I'm not going to jump in there yet. Yeah. I actually don't mind it. I don't mind it. But, especially, you know, like these players already play a lot of games, especially in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's one lot? I get, I get the development side, but, you know, I'm thinking about my schedule. I'm thinking <laughs> about my schedule down down those games. We get to those. it <laughs> Well, yeah, Ron,
0: well, Ron Fogarty, even though his Princeton team yeah. beat Union in the first round, he still hates the format. Yeah, I mean, he made a valid point yeah. for the, especially the Ivies only play twenty nine games, yeah, so they're course. they're of behind course. the eight ball to begin with, and then you play yeah. one game and your season's over. in the postseason is that, is, that, is that fair? Maybe it's time the Ivies to you know, get drag them into the twenty first century and let them let the Ivy start as what, as what the rest of the uh, uh, teams. I think. I think you heard. Doug talked
1: about that, the new ECAC commissioner, and the, and the you know he kind of alluded to it. I wouldn't say he talked directly about that, but you can see he kind of alluded to that. You know, that's a conversation that I think needs to be had, especially now. Like, it doesn't really make sense because they're playing exhibition games those weeks now, which they never did before mm-hmm. so you know I think Cornell played what the first week of the season in an exhibition game or the second week of the season Yeah. so they, they, they're kind of already playing longer than they used to so why not just play real games but you know we're not the Ivy League college presidents and you know we don't make those decisions and you know it would be nice to see them play a full schedule I would love to see Cornell you know maybe play more of the top end program say a BC one year or you know like other progr- you know, other big programs. They played Duluth this year, obviously Duluth is in a, in a down year, but I would love to see that. The Harvards play more of a, you know, they, they don't really leave New England. Mm-hmm. They play BC, BU, Northeastern every year, and they hardly leave Boston. I would love to see them go out. I think a couple of years ago they went to Minnesota, which makes a small point, but I would love to go them out and see, especially on one of the years where they're in, the North Dakota or something like that. Yeah. so.
0: Well, Josh, appreciate a few minutes, and uh, we can read your stuff at com, and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Ken. Thanks for having me on, yeah. as always.
0: All right, that's Josh Segan. Uh, we'll have a preview of the Union RPI women's hockey games this weekend at uh, Houston Fieldhouse and Messer Rink, so uh, stay tuned for that. Hi, this is RPI
1: men's hockey head coach Dave Smith. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Shot.
2: Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story.
1: Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed.
2: Read Andrew Waite in The Daily Gazette.
1: It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers.
2: The Gazette, reporting
1: based on accuracy and integrity.
2: It's who we are. It's what we do.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette editor Miles Reed. I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous and healthy 2024.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. We'll continue our college hockey talk. Let's we'll switch over to the women's side, where it's a Union RPI weekend this weekend. Uh, the two rivals will meet uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday's game's at RPI at 6 o'clock, and the rematch Saturday at Ring, also a 6 o'clock start. Usually the Saturday games start at 3, but they're starting at 6 uh, on Saturday at uh, Union. Uh, I talked with uh, head coach Josh Skiba, goaltender Sophie Matsukas, and uh, forward Raleigh Walsh on Tuesday. Here's what they had to say about the matchup. Guys, it's uh, RPI weekend. Uh, first of all, Josh, how much are you looking forward to this?
3: Uh, a lot. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a nice finish to our first kind of half of the year. Um, always nice to play RPI. Uh, back-to-back games, I think, you know, coming off Princeton, where we felt like it was kind of a playoff game with the intensity and, and kind of the, the atmosphere around the game, I think we're going to have that for back-to-back games this weekend. So i uh, definitely looking forward to it.
0: I mean, how important are these games you know, standing-wise? I mean, you're ahead of RPI right now in the standings. we I mean, how far is it to try to get six points this weekend and it's just a separation?
3: Yeah, I think its points are, are valuable, right, no matter who you play in, in our league. Um, you know, to get them against a the rival team, obviously important, but, you know, we want to keep striving. I think, you know, we're in a position right now where we're going to be challenging, potentially to have a first-round playoff game, and I think that's something that's always valuable, to, to have that advantage for ourselves. So, um, yeah, we're always pushing for that. You want to take points whenever you can in our league.
0: Riley, your thoughts?
4: I think I think rivalry games are always fun. I think there's just a like the atmosphere and like the energy on the bench and how like competitive every game is. But I think
5: those points are
4: important.
0: So for you, I mean obviously you had a great game against Princeton on Saturday. How much is it important to carry that over momentum over to this weekend?
5: I think it's really important. I think they both said it's a rivalry weekend and all the energy that we created against Princeton is going to be carried over and we've started seeing it in practice and just bringing that energy to RPI will be huge for us and getting those points are huge for us. Just like Skip said, it's important to get that, like we're, one of our goals is to get home (coughs) ice advantage on, for the first round playoffs and this weekend's going to help us get there.
0: Your league record and overall record doesn't, you know, on the surface doesn't look good but you guys have, you know, played well, you mean that, you haven't, you've been in all, all most of these games so, uh, is this just a matter of time before this team breaks through and yet gets some wins together?
5: I think so. I think every game we see that we're close with a lot of these teams and we're right there. There's just one extra step that's missing, and we're putting it together, and it's it's slowly coming. And we've seen um, against Princeton and Cupac that we're making plays that we haven't made before, and we're getting there. And I think that it is a matter of time. Like we we're going to get there, and it's going to happen.
0: Got to ask you about your Princeton history here. Uh, 364 days after you had your uh, career save mark, you end up having another great game against Princeton. What is it about Princeton that you uh, enjoy playing against them and, and you know, stop with a lot of shots?
5: I think it's just as a team we have something against Princeton. We always love playing them and we always bring the energy. I think probably has to do with Fillier. She is said to be the best player in the world but we don't agree with that and we want to shut that down. So I think that just proving everyone wrong and proving that wrong is one of our goals and just doing it every time is amazing.
0: Josh, getting back to the question about the record I had asked uh, Sophie, I mean, you look at it, it's like, you know, the wins aren't there, but the, it seems like the effort is there. I mean, what is it, that, as I said, what what's going to take to break through and maybe get some confidence if you get a couple wins going and get rolling here? Well, I think we, we talked to the team
3: about this. Like, I, I'm a big believer in what we're doing and how we want to play. I think... Um, You know, the results haven't been there, but, like you said, the effort, I think, has been there. What we're doing and how we're playing is yielding chances for us, and I think that's the most important thing is, you know, we're getting scoring chances. We're putting ourselves in good positions against really good teams, and I think if we change anything at this point, um, to me, that's not what we're looking to do. I think we're going to double down on on how we want to play, you know, and something's going to give here eventually. I think scoring has been a little bit of our Achilles heel right now, and we're trying to work through that. Um, the players do a great job with that, right? They care. They're, they're trying to push through it. Um, certainly, they're frustrated with it, but they're also putting in the work to try and be better every single day, too. So um, I have a lot of confidence in this group. I think our coaching staff does, our players believe in what we're doing. Um, so we're just going to continue to stay the course for, for us. I think you know, we saw a lot of really good things against Princeton. Um, you know, The way our, our team came back, the way our team battled and competed against a really good team. Um, That's what we're looking to do, you know, and I think scoring will will eventually come but we're getting the chances and to me That's the biggest piece for us right now
0: Riley, what do you think? I mean you're right now. You're one of the top goal scorers. You're on this team What do you think it's got to do get some more contributions from some of your teammates?
4: I think just being able to trust your teammates and like bear down and be confident in those situations. Um, I think we like looking into it we have like that last 5% that we need to like finish on plays and oh, like I think it just comes down to like self talk and what you tell yourself and like going into every single game like like believing that you're gonna make a play and like 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 drawing it up like in your head on the ice like truly believing in every single shift and if it doesn't happen one shift just believe it for the next shift and like up talk your teammates. Be loud on the bench like once you when your teammates hear you cheering for you on the ice it just like gives them more confidence fuels them in like the right direction and it'll help us create more chances cuz i think like Siva said like one thing that's strongest back right now is like our being able to finish and our goal scoring and i think once we cover on that we're going to be very um we're going to be very dangerous
0: what's going to be a key this weekend to getting this week
4: um just bringing everything we out, we got i mean every every game we should so
0: now, the men have a trophy for the regular season. Do they have anything? Uh, we have a regular season trophy, okay. yeah. Is it called the
3: Capital Skates Trophy? Or is it- to be honest, I'm not even sure what it's called. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't even know there was yeah. a trophy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a regular season trophy that we have.
0: Yeah. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football Contest in just a moment. Please stay with us.
3: Hi, this is Daily
1: Gazette reporter Shenandoah Breer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott.
4: elite teams, coaches, and student-athletes, ECAC Hockey, 12 programs competing at the highest level, a league where champions are born and world-class professionals are trained, where history is abundant and a commitment to the cutting edge is unrivaled, the best facilities, the fiercest competition, ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette Sports Writer Mike McAdam. I'd like
0: to wish you a happy holiday season and a great 2024. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week thirteen winner in the Daily Gazette's U Pick'em football contest was Michael Raz of Castleton with an eleven and two record. Michael wins a one hundred dollar Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Michael. The VIP winner was Nick Platel, Grand Premier Tires, with a nine and four record. I was eight and five and I'm one twenty-three and sixty on the season. My Gazette colleague Adam Schindler was seven and six. He is one ten and seventy-three. I'll announce the u Pick'em Football Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to DailyGazette.com and click on the U Pick'em Football banner. And you can look for my picks at dailygazette.com. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank John Poppy, Josh Segan, Josh Skiba, Riley Walsh, and Sophie Matsoukas for being a part of the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot that's s-c-h-o-t-t at dailygazette.com follow me on x and threads at Slapshots. the views expressed on the parting shots podcast are not necessarily those of the daily gazette company the parting shots podcast is a production of the daily gazette company i'm daily gazette sports editor ken shot thanks for listening and i'll catch you next time from the parting shots podcast studio in schenectady new york good day good sports.